Radio shows you love from the people you know. This is Sam Talks Technology. Hello and welcome again to another in the series of Sam Talks Technology. Uh, my name's Sam Sethian. I'm joined by a brilliant entrepreneur, uh, somebody who I got to meet about, oh, about six, seven years ago when he was the co-founder and CEO of a wonderful company called Grabble, which we'll talk about later. Uh, Dan Murray Serta is the current co-founder and CEO of a company called Heights, which is a smart multivitamin. Dan, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Sam? Very well, very well indeed. Dan, um, why don't you tell me what is Heights and why we need a smart vitamin? Yes, indeed. So Heights is a brain health and cognitive performance company. So my dream and my vision is to create the leading consumer brand for brain health and cognitive performance uh, in the world. And uh, thinking about these things sort of from a strategic and and sensible point of view, um, I think one of the biggest problems we have when we think about the brain and brain health is everything is very complicated and there's so much out there, things get confusing. So I worked really hard with my business partner, Joel, to figure out, you know, if we were to do a launch product, how could we launch just a single product, something that was just nice and simple with a clear communication that wasn't overwhelming. Our job as a company is to make brain health simple. So the idea for the smart multivitamin really comes from the idea that the multivitamin is the biggest category of vitamin that people take in in the world, in the UK and the US especially. So over 55% of people in the UK say that they take a multivitamin every day, whether or not that's true or not is anyone's guess, but these are the Mintel stats. And um, it's a category that's really interesting to me because it's incredibly boring and it's had no reinvention whatsoever for uh, since pretty much it started. And when we looked into what goes into a multivitamin, it turns out that there is very little in there to do with the brain. So a typical multivitamin comes in a tablet form um, it will have you know a daily mix of nutrients that are certainly good for your body and I'm not uh, saying I, I, you know, I'm not saying anything against the typical multivitamins but when we research what the number one two and three most scientifically proven ingredients are for the brain they are DHA omega-3 B vitamin complex so typically B3 B6 B12 which does come in some multivitamins but not all and then antioxidants So that's something like blueberries, for example, or or blueberry extract. Now, those things are never in multivitamins. And so we sort of started asking a question, which is, well, if we were to reinvent a multivitamin, and if you were to replace the current multivitamin that you were already taking or considering taking one in the first place, wouldn't you want the sort of idea that it was looking after your brain too? So that then led us onto this path of reinventing the multivitamin with the brain in mind. And... The biggest challenge, to be honest, is the fact that omega-3 is an oil. And so you can't get oil in a tablet, obviously. So that then led us to completely recreate the, the whole form of it because our smart multivitamin is actually named that because it's a capsule within a capsule. So it's the multivitamin capsule that we've designed floating inside an omega-3 pill. So it looks... Oh, very smart. Yeah, it looks completely unique. No one else is doing it. Um, the number one best reason to do this is because of the scientific efficacy of the ingredients actually reaching your bloodstream because of where they get dissolved. So the benefit of doing this is, other than the fact it looks cool and it's convenient, is it 
uh, actually dissolves the ingredients in your lower intestine, in your gut, where they get to work in your bloodstream, as opposed to one of the biggest criticisms with vitamins in general is they only get absorbed if they're eaten with food, which is te technically true, generally speaking, because vitamins need to be absorbed with fat-soluble uh, substances. So because ours is being processed with an oil, which is pure fat, um, when it goes in together, it basically gets dissolved in the fat, which then means taking it even better. One of the main concerns we got from people was that they forget to take their vitamins, so they mean well, but they forget. And when we asked why they forget, it's because they have them on their desk and they know they need to take them with food. So at lunch, for example, then they go out for lunch with their mates and they forget to take their vitamins. They come back and they're like, oh, shoot. So you were like, well, these all seem like relatively simple things to solve. So because of our capsule within a capsule reaching your lower gut and being dissolved with the fat, you now no longer have to take them with food. They're completely no nausea. They don't make you sick. They don't make you burp up like some of the uh, other vitamins might do. Um, and you can just take them with water as your first brilliant idea of the day. So the concept is you can start each day looking after your brain's health, not have to worry about whether you're going out socially with them or not. They just sit there, you take them, they reach your lower gut, they reach your bloodstream, and they solve a lot of the problems that are actually um, the main concerns of why people were stopping to take the multivitamins that they bought and intended to take all along. Cool. So... They look rather large. Are they quite big? Uh, are they easy to swallow? Yeah, so they are easy to swallow. So they, they've got a no-nausea capsule design. Um, they're not the largest um, capsule uh, that you can get, uh, to be honest. Uh, we've had one customer so far, like one, one in literally 100, say that uh, they find them too big. But actually, okay. but actually everyone else has found them, myself included, but I'm a terrible person to listen to because I'd obviously be biased. Um, but, you know, I, I, I don't have any problem whatsoever. Okay. Um, before we move on to who's in the team and, and some of the other questions I've got, just curious, why the brand Heights? I was sat yeah. there going, what's Heights got to do with multivitamins? I, I haven't got the connection. That's a great question. So Heights is not a multivitamin company. It's not a supplement company. It's a brain health and cognitive performance company. So... For us, when I was thinking about, you know, how, I, like I said at the beginning, you know, the ambition is to become the number one brain health, uh, brain health and cognitive performance brand on earth. So how do you approach that from a tactical point of view? Well, people buy into brands and brand values. And the idea of a healthy functioning brain is ultimately that um, you can use it for good. And so you're using it to create a better life for yourself. Like our fundamental belief as a company is that a healthier brain leads to a happier life. So the idea for us is all of our messaging, all of our comms, all of our imagery, etc., is all geared towards this concept that you can reach your heights. Um, by starting each day, by looking after your brain's health, and by just putting your brain first, you are statistically more likely to reach your heights just because you are looking after the most important organ in your body. Okay, that's, that's a good connection then to have. Now, who's on your team? Who's behind this? Because um, as I said, I, I first met you when you were running a fashion company. Um, <laughs> although, let's be honest, you were an entrepreneur. It happened to be a fashion company. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's what I've learned about you. You are an entrepreneur, so it could be anything. Yeah. But, but obviously something like, smart vitamins uh which has to do with i assume getting uh, medical clearance i assume yeah. it has to go through v rigorous testing yeah um, 
how have you managed to get into this market space and who's on your team that like, clearly has a medical background? Yeah, so you're completely right. Although I think it's worth saying for any listeners and especially anyone interested in entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurship is just a set of challenges before you that you have to figure out. So you have to basically just turn a question mark into, a, into an exclamation mark, I suppose is a, a weird way of saying it. Nice, nice, uh, I like that. No, I've never used that before. I might use that again. Um, the the reality is um, my job is uh, yeah like I say is to figure out things but you know when you're an entrepreneur it gives you an opportunity to sort of look at what the gaps in the market are and what you would put together and why you'd put it together and what the brand would stand for and why a customer would care but those aren't things that scientists are particularly good with but obviously you need scientists for the credibility so we teamed up early on with this amazing uh, lady in fact, I think it's before even introducing her, it's worth saying that our journey um, with this started. We knew that we wanted to make a company in the brain health and cognitive performance space. We didn't know what our first product would be. So this is the sum of a lot of research and customer feedback. But we didn't know what we were going to make. But seeing as we knew that we wanted to be in this space, what we did do was we committed to writing a newsletter every single week on brain health and cognitive performance by reading the science journals. So we want to be a very scientifically proven brand, very science-backed, and focusing entirely on the, uh, the science journals for neuroscience, psychology, and then nutrition. And so my job is I read those uh, papers every single week, and I turn them into a three-minute read that goes out to our audience every Sunday. So a three-minute read from the science journals and understanding what science says about how to improve your brain's health and cognitive performance. And so this week, for example, is week 55 of that, which just shows, you know, we've been doing it for just over a year. And there's a lovely saying in, um, in, in my new current world, I suppose, which is that um, if you read something, you learn it once. And if you share it, you learn it twice. Right. And what I think is great about the process I've got myself into, I'm not a neuroscientist, I'm not a nutritionist, but every single week I put myself through the process of reading, sharing, and learning twice. Um, I've obviously learned a lot in the time because all of that comes from science. So why am I telling you that? Because during the year, as two entrepreneurs starting up with nothing to show for their work other than an office in Soho, essentially, where I'm sitting now, uh, it's very hard to sort of convince people of this dream or vision you have, because as you might imagine, there's a lot of moving parts. You've got nothing to physically show anyone. So by having the newsletter, I was able to demonstrate a commitment to a vision on a weekly basis. And I had something that I could show to people that I was talking to about the way that I think, the way that I communicate, and the way that I believe um, I'm able to turn complex brain science into something simple. So the way that I presented it is, um, you know, don't waste time with science. Let me do that for you. So... Um, you know, so it's kind of like tongue-in-cheek approach to it. But over the course of the year, searching for a chief science officer, I came across this lady called uh, Dr. Tara Swart. And she is a neuroscientist with a PhD in neuropharmacology. And we knew, obviously, if we want to create a product like we've got here, then you need someone with a very niche um, you know, set of experiences and literally a PhD in neuropharmacology is exactly, you know, at the top level of what you'd want to formulate a product like this. A lot of people would just go to a nutritionist 
we had a, neuro, a nutritionist, a dietitian, a biochemist, and then having it all signed off by our chief science officer, who, like I say, PhD in neuropharmacology, a full understanding of how chemicals affect the brain. So um, we reached out to her. I actually reached out to her on Twitter because uh, I read her book. She has an amazing book called The Source, and I was really blown away by it. And I reached out to her on Twitter, and I was like, look, I, I'd love to get in touch with you. Uh, I'm building this company. This is the vision. I don't expect you to say yes to you know, any old stranger on Twitter. However, why don't you sign up to my newsletter for one week and just read the content this week? Um, if this week's content sparks your curiosity and you think that I'm onto something, why don't we meet for a coffee in London when you're around? And that's literally how it started. She signed up to the newsletter. She read it. She really enjoyed the content. We set up a meeting and we went from there. Nice. So once, what, what was the process like for you to then go from this one meeting? I, I, we can fast forward. I yeah. assume she said yes, because she's on board. Right. Um, to you formulating a product. I mean, did yeah. you have to get funding? Were you self-funded? Yeah. How did you go from yeah. that? So, so the day zero, I guess. Yeah, the funding, the funding comes, um, so we, we raised funding before we actually started. So we started off with a vision. Okay. Um, and we started off with funding and a clear path, a rough clear path, though, of, of how much things would cost and where we would go. Um, from the start, we were really, really clear that we're creating a brand and we are really committed to creating a very high quality brand at every single different point we could possibly consider. So we were really clear that we're not just throwing up some crappy website to test. We're not just putting our pills in any old bottle like anyone else. We're like every single touch point is going to be really thought through and executed to the best of our ability to create something completely unique in the market. So we were very clear about how we would approach stuff. We were like, everything is going to be uh, premium quality and make someone stop and think, wow, at every different level. So, you know, there's, there's different things that go into that. There's the pills that look different and have greater scientific efficacy for reaching your, your bloodstream. That's one side. There's um, the bottle itself. So we knew that we were going to be a subscription business. So we're like, it's, you know, one less thing to think about. You know, is sort of our, um, our philosophy about creating a subscription product that people can get through their letterbox every month. Once you do that, um, I don't know about you, but as a man, you know, when the postman leaves me a red slip, I don't bloody go and pick it up. It's incredibly yeah. annoying. So I was like, when, you, when, when we knew that we had 60 pills in a bottle, the bottle itself is too big to ship and fit through a letterbox. So at that point, we're like, right, well, we're going to have to reinvent the packaging entirely. So we're looking around the the supplement and pharmaceutical market and all the bottles are identical. They're exactly the same, like, you know, the round, round bottles. So like, well, why does it have to be like that? Surely we can create something completely different. So we've got a completely unique custom made design bottle. We worked with an agency called Pentagram to create it. It comes in a fully compostable um, shipper. So the, the, the shipper goes straight through Royal Mail uh, in a letterbox, through your letterbox, um, and then the outside shipper is all completely compostable and biodegradable. It's made of uh, recycled sugarcane starch. The bottle that the pills come in is a uh, it's plastic like all other bottles because there's food safety standards you need to adhere to, sadly. But it's a recycled non-virgin plastic that's uh, recyclable at 65% of the UK. And for those that aren't, we just include a, a shipping label 
uh, so you can return it for us and we recycle it for you. So, you know, really thinking through every different part of the customer experience um, from the ground up. So that's like on the product side. Um, and then from a science point of view, like, you know, like you're asking, we had a very clear idea that to get people to understand and how to have better brain health is not as simple as taking a pill. It's a complex system, the brain. And so it takes sort of a lifestyle requirement of a, you know, a commitment to better brain health, which then made me think, well, the one thing that I know that we can be good at is content. Um, that was always what we were good at with gravel, right? Is, you know, we've got a very good eye and specific way of uh, sharing content and communicative ideas. Um, my whole thing was that like, I'm going to find the best curators in the world. Sorry, I'm, I think I'm one of the best curators in the world. <laughs> okay. My skill. No, I'm going to curate the best contributors in the world, the most credible scientific professionals, a mix of scientific professionals and wellness experts and even entrepreneurs. And they can take our customers on a journey to better brain health because, you know, you don't want to necessarily hear from me all the time. Like, why would you? There's, for example, for our stress content, um, you know, there's Dr. Roman Chatterjee, who's one of the best uh, healthcare and wellness professionals in the UK. He's got the number one health podcast. He's written two best-selling books. Has a third one coming up shortly. Um, you know, he is far more credible than I would ever be about talking about stress and resilience. And so, you know, I, I, I spoke to him about our vision and our mission and what we're looking to do. And, you know, he reads the, he was reading the newsletter again. So he was getting an understanding of what we stand for and why we do and, you know, why, um, you know, we think it's so important for our customers to have better brain health. And ultimately he agrees with us, you know, these, the thing is you can't just sell anymore uh, a pill and expect people to get better. It's not the case. Yeah. You, know, you give yeah. people information and a product and the product our product is designed to give your brain and body all the nutrients it needs to thrive. You still have to drink a certain amount of water. You have to understand the relationship you have with your gut. We appreciate that you're going to get stressed. Here's one of the world's leading experts on stress to make sure that you understand it better. We understand that digital behaviors, you know, are, you know, taking over our brains and hijacking our dopamine systems. So I'm not saying that you have to stop, but at least know a little bit about what's going on. And so we have a... Uh, you know, for example, for that content, we have Damien Bradfield, who's the founder of WeTransfer, which is the biggest file sharing website in the world. They're completely lean data policy. They don't take your email. They don't bother you. They don't do any of that stuff. And he's written a book all about, you know, digital addiction and digital obsession. So, you know, he is, you know, by far and away a much better brand advocate to be talking about this stuff than I am. So we brought him on board to share that content and those ideas with our community. So the whole thing is by, by being a, a customer of Heights, you're committing to essentially, you know, we, we call it a community and a membership, really. The pills arrive through your letterbox every single month. But beyond that, you are getting content in your inbox that's designed to help elevate your human potential by giving you a better understanding of how your brain works from some of the world's leading experts, all exclusively uh, written for Heights and our community. One of those people that you have got on the team, uh, I'm very impressed with, is Alan Dubutin. How did you get Alan? So um, we've been doing a, uh, so like, you know, you mentioned, you know, trials and everything else. So mm, we've had to um, obviously go through that process. And then after that process, the next step 
of the plan was to do a 100-person customer trial. So these were people that we invited to be on a trial and try the product. Now, the way that I thought through this problem was, I believe that when you're trying to sell a product like this in the market, credibility is everything. So getting the scientific experts is really important because people want to know that they can trust your brands and your company. And there's a lot of reputational risk involved for people to put their careers on the line and support a supplement when they haven't before and all that kind of stuff, right? So that is an important part of it. But then I was like, ultimately people want to know that smart people believe in taking something and looking after their brain too, because that is ultimately, you know, we look up to those people in society and, and that makes sense because they're inspirational and they've prioritized a, and cultivated a behavior of, of learning and thriving and reaching their own heights. And in, in that sense and in every sense there, it makes lots of um, sense to us that we would focus entirely on uh, getting as many of those people in our trial as possible. And one of those people was Alain de Botton. So we reached out to Alain and, you know, essentially said to him, Alain, you know, you're one of the great thinkers in, in Europe, uh, widely respected as a brilliant philosopher, an excellent entrepreneur, an amazing writer. I'm a big fan personally. Um, when's the last time you looked after your brain? And he was really stumped by it. You know, so, well, um, I'm, I'm not sure. I was like, well, considering that you've got one of the most admired brains in Europe, don't you think that that's a little bit off-brand? <laughs> and isn't that really silly that you don't think about it? And he was like, yeah, actually, it is. And I was like, well, don't worry. I'm here to help. <laughs> We've got this product. I'd love to get you on the customer trial. And I would absolutely love for you to, uh, to, to, to try the product, see what you think. And ultimately, um, he was really uh, bought into the idea, bought into the positioning. And I think most importantly, he um, focused entirely on the idea of um, working with us on our content. So when I was explaining, he was starting to get the content, right, as, as part of his, his trial. And I was explaining, you know, one of, the, one of the pillars that we've got, so we have this thing, the eight pillars of great brain health. And so we've got a different contributor sharing the content under each of the different pillars. And one of the ones I hadn't yet solved for was who would write the one on social connection. Because social connection is obviously such an important part of having a healthy brain because we are social creatures. We need connection with other human beings. Well, they, they, they actually say in old age, it's the one, it's the biggest killer is lack of social connection. Exactly. Exactly. And so my point of view and where I thought about this from a, like a logical concept, uh, certainly from my side, from my mind, was um, I had two targets, really, of who I thought would be great. I don't know if you've read a book called Lost Connections. No. It's absolutely brilliant, and I think that's a really marvellous, uh, marvellous book that the author, Johan Harry, is fantastic. And so he was one of my targets. But the thing is, that book is all about depression and solving for depression. And I was like, you know, that, that's not quite the right message I'm necessarily um, sharing. And so instead, I, um, I, I reached out to Alan and I was like, well, you know, how would you feel about contributing content on social connection, seeing as you do write about that stuff quite a lot? And he's like, he'd be honored and thinks that it'd be great and on brand. So we're very, very fortunate because, you know, he came on board to be our contributor in our brain health pillar series. And that's what he contributes. And um, Sure, you would probably agree that is a extremely meaningful contrib contribution. 
amazingly yeah, yeah. no getting alan on is a, is is extremely well done um okay now one of the couple of things that um i want to come through one one of them i'm going to ask is about um you being a dnvb a digitally native vertical brand yeah. um there are a, this seems to be a trend um you know you you're basically got a subscription model which is the best model to have out there right now because it's a recurring yeah. revenue um i'm already a subscription member of another product you probably heard of called thriver oh yeah yeah i'm a customer well i i was a customer i'm not i'm not not a customer for any bad reasons actually the reason i'm not a customer is because poor guys um it, it I don't get enough blood out my finger. So I, I literally have to go to a phlebotomist and it's just oh. not a practical part of their service. So sadly I had to part ways with them, but otherwise I think they're brilliant. Yeah. So um, what, if you can tell us, I mean, what is the subscription cost? What is the, I, I assume the frequency is once a month yeah, that you right. send, yeah. um, but what is the subscription cost or the model? Is that publicly available? Cause yeah. um, the site isn't quite open yet, is it? The, the website is called yourheights.com. But uh, if I wanted to buy it today, you, you've got this under a trial process right now. So Yeah, so to buy it, it's invite only at the moment. So, um, the, but the answer to your question is it's £40 a month. But if you buy a subscription for three months, so, you know, it's your commitment, which is exactly what you should be doing anyway to get into the process for efficacy with all of this stuff, um, then you can get it from £30 a month, which is obviously £1 a day for better brain health. And uh, if I buy it for a year, what, what do I get a further discount? You know, being the Indian, I've got to negotiate. Uh, yeah, that's brilliant. I love that. Uh, hasn't come up yet. It's a great question. And I think, I think that our approach to this stuff is... Um, is as, as you all know anyway as a former technologist yourself um, don't solve all of the things yet wait until people ask the question and then figure it out so i think that's a great question and certainly something that uh, i'm happy to consider like totally and, you know it's the right question to be asking but at the yeah. moment what we've seen is people are very happy to commit to three months um they're not so happy to commit to more than that um you know with anything so uh, and I'm actually I mean, different, by the way, but I am, I, as an I'm like you, I do actually commit to things for a year up front if it's a better price. I actually do because I buy into this stuff. Um, but that is, that is a lot more niche. So, you know, the, the product itself, like I said, it's from £1 a day. But as it's on invite-only um, basis at the moment, uh, you know, something obviously I mentioned to you before, like I'm, I'm happy to set up a, um, a code, which is Marlowe. So, Wonderful, thank you. That would, give, that would give your listeners 25% off immediately anyway. And um, you have to put that on the buy button to unlock it. And then again at the checkout, just so you know. So you have to use okay. it twice for it to persist. Because uh, we use third-party software apps. And to be honest, it's not a big problem because they all go away once we launch. But whilst we're in private mode, we want to make sure that it is uh, controlled. Yeah, we, we will mention that again at the end. Sorry. So thank you very much for that, Dan. Okay, now, how do we know if this stuff's working? I've just done my brain score while yeah. working in the background listening to you. And um, I'm, I, I have to say I came up with a really bad score. Uh, really? It, was, it was 56. I am not impressed. Oh, yeah, I've got it in front of me. There we are. I'm not impressed with myself. Um, and I want to get it better. Now, obviously, some of the some of the questions on the brain score are not to do with me taking smart uh, multivitamins because no, clearly, 
Um, they're a lot to do with lifestyle, which is what yeah. you said, the whole, uh, you know, raison d'etre behind heights is not just taking the multivitamin, but it's the whole um, body and soul. Exactly. Now, and the vision for it is totally like helping coach people towards better behaviours in general. So yes, you're completely right. Yeah. So I, I, I now, so now that I've got a score of 56, now that I want to be a customer, now that I want to improve my score, what would you, or how would Heights help me? So, um, it actually, it's, it's really interesting. So on, on two fronts, um, how Heights will help you, broadly speaking, is that you, you're more likely, it's, it really depends on the person and what you're already taking. So in Heights, for example, you get your daily dose, so like your RDA or just over, or for example, omega-3, so DHA omega-3, just to start with that point there, your brain is made of 60% fat. 90% of that fat is a compound called DHA. So okay. it is 25% of your entire brain is made of the thing. So it is incredibly important, especially the older you get, to make sure that you're giving your brain DHA. It's, it's literally a building block. So you get your daily dose of DHA omega-3, antioxidants in the form of blueberries, which essentially clean out the glymphatic system of your brain. So that is essentially fighting things like free radicals that can cause disease and oxidative stress. And, um, and then your B vitamins, which generally give you energy, as does vitamin D, which we also have in the product. Um, now, those things, particularly the B vitamins and the vitamin D, are the most likely things that you would feel in the immediate term. You're never going to feel something like the DHA omega-3. That's not how it works, right? That is something that you're actually taking for your longevity and your overall health. But we've had lots of people say that they feel like they've got much more energy and they're sleeping a lot better and getting less anxiety. Those are very common feedback points that we get. That's my personal experience as well. Um, my personal experience has absolutely been sleeping better and having more energy in the day. And this is the most common thing. It's usually, usually within month two, but we've had people that have had that within the first week. Um, right. I think this always depends on you know, the point you start at from. If you start from a good place, um, already, it'll take uh, you know a little bit longer, more than likely, to have the impact. If you start from a worse place, you've probably um, got less of it in your body already, and you'll notice the impact more, more uh, like faster. So you know, it's, it, it really it really depends. Anyway, the um, the brain health score, almost every single person that's taken that out after the first twenty five days has improved their brain health score. Um, and that's because the content that they've been getting in the meantime has actually made them conscious of little things like um, drinking more water, like yeah. having more healthy meals, like movement is like the number one most common thing that people have increased. So uh, the first pillar that we actually share with our customers is on movement. It's from someone called Professor Shane O'Mara, who's written a best-selling book on the science of walking and what it does for your brain. Now, one of the simple tips that he shares in there is, you know, he's not expecting us all to do the 10,000 steps and he understands. And it was worth me saying that all of our content is geared towards understanding that people have busy, hectic lifestyles. So there's none of this sleep in four hour cycles bollocks, you know, that, that sadly sounds great, but no one's going to do. All of yeah. our stuff is purposefully practical and finding ways that people can integrate them into their lives with simple, small changes. So one of his suggestions is, you know, if you um, are getting the train or the bus, just get it a stop earlier and walk those few steps. Um, if you've got a call, get up and just stand and walk around on your call. And you know, they're little, little simple things. And so people have been doing those things and actually having an improvement in their brain health score just at the end of the month when they're measuring themselves. It's 
so fascinating how many, like my personal opinion and approach to wellness is, it's not about running a marathon and it's not about doing all the 10 Ks. It's the little small improvements you make over your life that actually make the biggest impact. And they can be small, so small you barely notice them, but they're big enough that they make a change over time. So what's your score? You know what? I actually have to say, uh, I currently got the second highest brain health score, which is great. The highest. I know. It's really on brand. I'm very happy about it. (laughs) I'd be upset if you didn't. Ironically, Joel, my business partner's at number 15. So. (laughs) Ah, okay. Joel's got a bit more work to do. Yeah, he's got some work to do. But the the highest at the moment, so one of the people on the trial, and this is not surprising to you, the founder of Planet Organic. Okay. So she's, she's got the highest brain health score. I'm second. And Dr. Tara, our chief science officer, is one point behind me currently. But in fairness, hers came down because she had a lot of jet lag and she was traveling a lot. She was doing you know, stuff for her book tour. So I think when she retakes it, she'll probably overtake me. Okay. Now, um, the whole of this area comes under what's called nootropics. Would you agree? This, this... Also, I, think, I think nootropics is a really loaded term. And I'll tell you what. Okay. Yeah, no, please. Um, so my opinion on it, um, for starters, it's a Greek term. Um, it, it really, it sits itself very firmly in a sort of Silicon, back, uh, Silicon, Silicon Valley biohacker um, uh, category. And what I don't like about that at all is the idea that, um, so for starters, nootropics um, are really sold and marketed as smart drugs. Um, quick fixes. Now, there is no scientific evidence ever that there is such a thing as a quick fix on anything. Um, I think it sells a really bullshit message that's really um, offensively simplified and playing into people's uh, biggest vulnerabilities, in my opinion. So the thing that I don't like about, you know, a quick fix, so, you know, it's very similar to Educated people understand that you can't sit at home and have a protein powder and sit on your ass for six months eating that three times a day and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people think they can. That's the thing. But why they think they can? Because it's how they're being marketed to. And so they're buying the thing. They're buying into this false promise. They think that it's making an impact when it's not. And that, I think, is really is playing on people's worst vulnerabilities. And Ultimately, like our company is committed to the idea of a healthier brain leads to a happier life. And I keep coming back to it because if you're committed to that as a company, you're also committed to not selling lies and nonsense. And the idea of a smart drug is literally that you can pop a pill, get smart, and you're sorted. It is absurd to think that. If you really think about what constitutes a healthy brain, the choices you make with your diet and lifestyle will contribute maybe 50% of the journey. And the other 50% are the things, the information you choose to eat. You know, your knowledge diet is ultimately the thing that is going to have a huge impact. So if you choose to spend your time, um, you know, just watching daytime TV, but you've taken a smart drug, uh, guess what? You're not going to get any smarter. (laughs) Read something there is new information that you are learning when you are scientifically creating a new neural pathway which forms a new connection in your brain and does genuinely make you smarter. So I think the responsibility we have as a company is to explain to people that 
you know, we even have messaging inside our packaging that says this doesn't work unless you do. You know, okay. it's yeah. really important to help people understand that, you know, there is a personal responsibility that comes um, from, and, you know, and a dedication that comes towards a commitment to having a healthier brain in the same way as it does with a healthier body. We can't just take pills and expect quick fixes. These things are literally designed to help nudge us in the right direction and give us the right support along the way. So that is kind of my problem with the nootropics market. I feel like they uh, prey on people's vulnerabilities and they sell really short-term quick fixes that have really no longevity or scientific basis amongst them. Um, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be able to get the scientific experts I've got supporting me on this mission if I felt any differently to that. Right. So, okay. I, and I, I tend to agree with you because th th there is the skeptic in me that's sitting there going, well, is this just another, yeah. you know, uh, bunch of stuff thrown into a powder form, whatever. Now, knowing who you are, I, I, I don't think that's the case. But, you know, if I didn't know you, I, I think the danger of the market, like nootropics around it, you'd get lumped in with it and people would just put you in with a, oh, is that another ADHD drug or is that a ca caffeine on with some, you know, bios, uh, you know, whatever thrown in. And it's like, there, there is a lot of that around. So I'm glad, glad that you just dismissed nootropics as a, not dismissed it, but don't want to associate yourself with it, which is great. No, and we're quite careful not to. Um, and by the way, I think that some of those products probably are um, good and probably do have some benefit but the reality of them and the way that I'd like to explain the, I find analogies very helpful. Um, if you're going to the gym and building up your body, your first step is you have more protein. So if your supplement of choice is a protein powder, that's great. But you wouldn't skip straight into creatine. That wouldn't make any sense because you haven't built up any muscle in the first place. And so I think a lot of nootropics miss that point, which is you're assuming that someone has already got an optimal brain health diet. The reality is, most of us do not have a good brain health diet. And I tell you this as a former 100% um, plant-based vegan, which now I'm not. Now I am plant-based plus fish. Um, and this okay. is an important thing to come on to. Um, as someone who was formerly vegan, I was vegan for well, about a year, um, you cannot synthesize what you need for your brain in a plant-based diet. So responsible vegans and people on plant-based diets understand supplementation as part of that lifestyle choice. It just is. Um, increasingly more of us in society are giving up uh, you know, meat and fish and everything and going more plant-based. And that is absolutely, in my opinion, a great call because that's what the environment requires. And it's good and it's loads of scientific evidence over longevity. However, our brains require DHA, like I said. Mm -hmm. um, DHA in the plant world comes from only really two, two forms, which is flaxseed, um, of which you need about a kilo, so it's pretty dry. I wouldn't recommend you try that. Um, okay. Or algae, which is where we source ours, which is obviously what the fish eat. So the highest form of it is algae, but unless you're eating seaweed and algae like all the time, which is quite rare uh, when you go out, you are going to be deficient in DHA and very common that your brain over a period of time, which is what happened to me, will end up suffering. So, um, you know, the main source of DHA comes from fish, but the problem is then, even for fish eaters, um, we live in a society, sadly, where everything is processed, et cetera, et cetera. So unless we're getting wild-caught salmon, et cetera, there's probably too much 
mercury in your fish and so you can't have it every single day and also be healthy so do you know I mean it's like tackling the landscape is quite complicated so that's where supplementation um, for better brain health is actually a really good call because even if you were to eat the perfect brain health diet um, you would be sadly probably getting too much mercury in your diet and you'd see that in your thrival results so you know it's, it's a complex system okay did you um did you manage to see the film the game changers on netflix mm -hmm. i did yep i think it's great so, i think it's great as well i mean and and but did that include i didn't i can't recall did that include also going with fish as an option or was that just purely a plant-based decision um so sorry can you repeat the question yeah so in the film i can't remember whether yeah. they they included fish as part no. of the no, no, no. It's completely plant-based. Um, yeah, they, that's they, what I thought it was. They, they, just, and they, they skip over the brain stuff quite quickly. And my um, bugbear with the whole plant-based movement is honestly that people who are on plant-based diets really do know um, that you need to supplement. Uh, and, and, and it is an important part of the story because it is a good responsible message to share that. And they tend to skip that part out in most of the books and documentaries. So I can speak to you from personal experience. I was vegan, I did my blood tests, they were great, I was healthy, everything was amazing. I contracted insomnia when I was really happy and really, and everything was going great. I got insomnia and I had it for five months and in that five months I was continuing to be vegan and at no point at all did I even consider that it was my diet that it was causing it. Um, I ended up getting sent a book by a friend of mine that I was telling that I hadn't slept for five months. So I typically go to sleep at midnight, wake up Ouch. at 2am and then that was it. Yeah. Um, this friend bought me a book and it was, uh, it's called Optimum Nutrition for the Mind. Um, the book basically just explains, look, this is your brain. This is what your brain's made of chemically. These are some foods. This is what those foods are made of chemically. And here is a list of mental health diseases and here are some of the chemical imbalances that can be related to them. You've probably spent your time solving one of your mental health problems by trying to solve the problem for your mind. So you might have gone to a therapist or talked to people or, you know, here's a long list of all the things you might do. And I'm like, shit, that, that's me. I've tried to solve everything with my mind. And it's like, well, your brain is an organ. It literally, like any other organ in your body, requires a certain amount of nutrients and, and hydration to thrive. Uh, it's quite possible your diet has actually caused this. So here are the supplements you should take. And those supplements that I started taking back at the time before I started this, this is how I got the original insight in the first place. I took DHA omega-3 supplements, B vitamins, and blueberry extract. And within two weeks, I was sleeping till 5 a.m. Within four weeks, I was sleeping till 7 a.m. I was like, that is completely crazy that no one in this plant-based movement, I mean, in fairness, people do tell you about B12, but if you are a responsible vegan, you know to take DHA omega-3 as well. Um, the thing is, in my opinion, it is borderline irresponsible to encourage the shift of diet change quite so radically without just sharing the fact that it's okay to admit there might be some deficiencies. So most nutritionists and dietitians will say this on social media and get absolutely trolled by plant-based people. And I think that is really sharing the wrong message. Like on a personal level, I changed to a plant-based diet to be more environmentally conscious. I don't want my health to suffer. And now I have extremely optimal health because I'm pretty much entirely plant-based. When I say I eat fish, I probably have a portion of fish or two a week, max, always organic, always wild caught. Um, and everything else that I eat is completely plant-based and has been for now three years. So wow. I'm one of those people 
but I understand the importance of supplementing in my diet to make sure that I'm at optimal levels and my health isn't suffering. So I think these things are just really important to make sure that they are um, mentioned in society, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because there is this massive movement to away. I mean, my children, I've got two teenagers and they're they're going vegan. And again, you know, it's because partly they've been told, you know, CO2 from cows is bad for the society and and the planet. So they're going, well, we can make a difference by by cutting out some meats. Um, They're not gone totally so that they still have... um, they do have fish, but they do have chicken as well. And we're trying to cut out the chicken as well, but we'll see how that goes. Um, I'm, they're not so great on their greens still. So it could be that we might starve our children to death if we don't give them enough food. Um, but it's good that there is that trend. Um, but as you say, the trend could be uh, like all trends, missing the whole bigger picture. Now, um, going forward then from from where we are you you, you've built this company you're in the trial process you've got a product which is brilliant um you've done the research you've got a great team what what's coming next for heights when will you open the commode and let people come in (laughs) great question so uh we we basically are open for a beta like our beta launch as we call it which is essentially just us removing the passcode uh that'll happen from the 6th of january so really, oh, brilliant. Okay. So really not, soon, not, and we're not we're not aggressively marketing the product or anything like that, but we're working on the basis literally of pure recommendation only. So customers that come to us will happen organically. We'll be able to manage the amount of feedback and making sure that all the feedback, you know, most of the feedback comes on the content, right? And and the content on the website, um, the content on the emails, and just making sure that what is reaching people to help them along their journey is the most meaningful and valuable thing that can do before spending lots of money on growing because the most important thing to us is, you know, can we get to our first thousand customers and, and keep them and make them really delighted about the way that they're investing in their brain health journey. So um, this is why we're doing these things in, in uh, you know, small incremental stages because we want to be really careful uh, that we are genuinely adding value to people. Okay. Um... How are you going to measure over time whether you are adding value? Is it going to be purely that people stick around or, or, or is it going to be some other metric? Because the brain score itself, which is great, um, gives me a starting point. And even if I go back into it, it's subjective, not, not, not very oh, objective in the sense. Right. Sorry to say that again, Dan. Yeah, no, no, you're completely right. Absolutely. So I was just wondering is what, will come along is there i mean i don't want to preempt anything but is there going to be an app is there going to be some yeah you are right so you did preempt it so that is okay it's been our vision since day one um so like i say our going back to our our vision our vision to become the number one brain health and cognitive performance company on earth so that means that we will create the highest quality products with the best scientific experts not a huge range so probably about 10 products but if you imagine things like you know brain health for pregnancy brain health for over 50s. You know, there are different things with different areas, but they're very specific. Um, we're in development at the moment, um, you know, for a certain type of probiotic that will just affect your mood. Um, like very, very, very specific and narrow, but our, our like longer term project, and this is why we really care for the content we share, is absolutely to create an app, like a mobile app that can help guide people along their journey and essentially coach them. So. We, you know, we talk about it internally about what, you know, a brain health approach, which includes a digital coach. So, you know, making sure that we are guiding people on a journey towards their heights. And, you know, it's not always, 
Um, it's always, you don't always go up, you know, on a journey towards your heights, right? You know, sometimes you stumble and you need to take a few steps back and you need to recalibrate. Um, we are absolutely, as you know, that's our background as entrepreneurs is building mobile experiences and making sure that we're using the data to engage our customers. So that is actually the next big step for us indeed. Brilliant. Um, now one of the goals, I mean, uh, Steve Jobs famously when he was ill, um, had his DNA done and obviously it's a massive cost. Mm -hmm. Uh, but he, in the book, Walter, Walter Isaacson's book talks about, you know, eventually he, he envisaged personalized drugs. Um, how far would you say you, um, it would be not just for heights, but just generally yeah. Yeah. before we get down to the point where there is personal drugs. We talked about, you know, Thriver being a blood test, for example. So I could give my bloods, I could give my, uh, I could give other forms of testing back to a company, hopefully heights. Uh, and you could then go, actually, you know what, Sam, uh, we're going to change this smart vitamin pill and we're going to give you a slight different imbalance because of what your body's telling us. Mm -hmm. uh, and fundamentally, I get my personal smart vitamin. How far is that away or is that just a, a pipe dream? No, um, I've talked to a lot of very well-informed people in this space about that. My personal feeling and just from what I've heard back, at the moment, the promise of personalization is um, complete nonsense. You get put into a rough bucket and you get pretty much the same as everyone else. Where it's going for sure is into personalization. Speaking to some of the experts that I know, um, mostly in California, where the, the, you know, the market is just you know, more mature, um, it's about six to seven years away before that is actually a meaningful, incredible product you could give to people. And so it's, at, it's on our path, it's on our investment deck, you know, it's, it's literally in our roadmap. Um, but it's in our roadmap between 2020 and 2030 is to uh, you know, literally our roadmap ends with personalized brain vitamin company, um, you know, from content to the products you get and everything on a personal basis. But, you know, that is a long journey. It will start with the real early adopters and be completely cost prohibitive to us in the mainstream. Um, but, you know, where these things actually get um, exciting is when the cost can come down and you can offer them more as a mass market opportunity. And that is, like I said, I think that's more six, six to eight years away, but definitely on the horizon. Brilliant. No, I, I, and, and good luck. I hope you get there. Because um, um, internationalization, you mentioned, you know, obviously Silicon Valley, America, the Californians, you know, who, who tend to lead the market in this space. Um, are you international in terms of your testing? I know that the doors aren't open yet, but will you be international day one or are you just going to stay UK and then grow it? Logically, um, no, so not international, not international from day one, but probably international within the first year. So uh, we're set up to be able to sell in uh, Europe and America, and uh, we will we will be selling you know across the world in the not too distant future. But in the first six months, you know, we're not looking for distractions. We're looking for focusing on making sure we're adding value. So we'd be UK only to begin with for sure. Yeah, I've got a friend who's uh, who's got a cannabis company doing CBD oil, yeah. and one of the things that they do is that they can only go into certain markets. They have to get a, a, a oh yeah, of uh, course, 
uh, they have to be licensed in each market. I was going to yeah. say an export license, but it is fundamentally an export license, but they have to be licensed to each market. Do you have that same challenge? Is that what you, what? Uh, so actually for us, it's almost the other way, which is that um, the uh, product having been created and approved in Europe actually enables us to sell pretty much everywhere else. Okay. We're more stringent here than in other areas. So um, this works in our benefit this way around for once. Um, last question, and uh, one you don't have to answer. Actually, sure. are there com- are there competitors to you? I mean, who who? I mean, it's often healthy to have a competitor because yeah, often v- sure. VCs go, well, they're worth four hundred million. Okay, we right. like that. They can have competitors. So there's um, yes and no. So I mean, you could always argue look, if you sell anything that's for people's brain health or cognitive performance, then of course there are competitors because there's the whole nootropic market, like you already pointed out. Um, and on that basis, absolutely. Um, there are people selling multivitamins redesigned, but actually when you look into it, it's just a bunch of pills in an envelope that's coming to your door. So I don't really call that reimagination. I just, yeah. I'm not sure what I call that. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, but you know, look, we're in the brain health and cognitive performance space. On that basis alone, it makes a lot of sense to say that there are plenty of competitors. The majority of them are in the US. Um, you know, there are companies like Bulletproof and Onnit, you know, that really focus on your brain's cognitive performance. Uh, but I don't think at the moment, anyway, anyone that's too close to what we're doing. Okay, good. Um, next question is, um, I guess, well, I was thinking being a DNVB, um, you know, you're going to grow to a certain size, you know, let's, Hope you hit the, the thousand customers pretty quickly, then the sure. ten thousand. You're obviously gonna get knocks on the door from from the big pharmaceutical players, you know, the multivitamin companies out there already. Uh we saw that with Harry's and we saw that with the Dollar Shave Company. They both sold out one, sold out to Gillette. Yeah. Um is 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 an exit strategy also on your deck or is it something else in your vision? Because is it a long-term personal vision? I this is something you want to do because you want to change things or is it we're entrepreneurs me and joel we build stuff we sell stuff we exit we build something else where where great where question. did you sit yeah i think that's a great question um as people we definitely sit at the latter i think we're great at um uh, brand idea execution scale uh i have no experience at the other end right so it's really hard for me to say yes i love the idea of a giant management team and a thousand people in my company I can turn up to work and inspire every day. I just, I don't know because I haven't had that experience before. I would imagine there's much better people than me at that side of management. So, uh, you may grow into that. That, that, that's not exactly. true. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so what I would say is, um, I have no hard and fast opinion on this at all. I just know that the DNA of the company, um, you know, has to be rooted in this concept of helping coach people to reach their heights. And it's not as simple as just giving people a pill and leaving them on their way because that is already what everyone else in the market does. So just from a practical point of view, you know, I couldn't necessarily imagine a Holland and Barrett or a Boots buying us because it doesn't make any sense. It's not how they communicate with their customers. It's not the types of brands they are like, you know, a Vitabiotics as well. You know, that is a, you know, was just stick a tacky celebrity on a, on a packet and sell products and tell people that like that's the lifestyle change they're getting. Again, I don't feel like that is quite the right um, strategic partner at this point anyway um, you know in terms of understanding the perspective we have it's more likely to be from a um, 
you know, if I had to pick one, you know, I'd say someone like Unilever who have extremely strong values around sustainability, around credibility, um, a lot of experience with digital as well as uh, retail. You know, that's a much more obvious fit to me if I think about like, you know, an, an exit strategy. But, you know, the market is young and who knows what kind of players will come up in it. And so, like I said, I keep, I keep an open mind, but certainly uh, don't really feel culturally that, you know, a, a Holland and Barra or a Boots would be the right brand for us. Okay. Changing tack now, I just want to go and find out a little bit more about baby Dan, really, I guess, you know, yep. young man Dan. Um, was, where, where did you grow up? Was mum and dad entrepreneurial? Did, did, where did you learn to be an entrepreneur? How, how yeah, did you get question. your gene? So my, uh, my father was a business owner, so he's passed away sadly, but he was a business owner and he would never call himself an entrepreneur. So he ran the same business from 16 to the day he died, which was uh, about 63. And he, you know, really inspiring person. I actually never wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, my dad had uh, two heart attacks whilst I was growing up, both business oh, related. Sorry, yeah. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time in hospital with my dad having health issues. It's why I'm so health conscious. And he, uh, you know, amazingly inspiring human being who was my absolute role model and my favorite person in the world. Also worth saying, you know, he was blind. So oh, wow. he was running a company with, you know, over a hundred employees as a blind man that he built himself. And he's just a, a true inspiration. Never had a bad day or a complaint or anything and sort of shielded me and everyone around him from like the practical realities of what not having your sight would mean. And so um, I got a lot of uh, inspiring insight from that. But whilst he was alive, I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I was working in advertising. He was in fashion. Um, so the idea of running a fashion startup, as I did, as you know, uh, yeah. was literally my worst nightmare. It was like, the identical thing that I always said I would never do because I didn't want to do that. Uh, ironically ended up doing it, but I, uh, it was only after my dad passed away that I kind of wanted, I started to become interested in entrepreneurship at all, which is, you know, interesting in itself. So he never actually got to know me whilst I was an entrepreneur, but, uh, you know, I take after him in a, in a lot of different ways. He's very, he's very stoic. I have a very good relationship with resilience and managing stress and looking on the bright side. I've got a very cup half full attitude towards life and I think that's a really helpful perspective when you're an entrepreneur because things don't always go your way and you have to turn up anyway regardless so I think those things are helpful my mum uh, is actually a, a was a European tour guide so she very interesting very fun woman uh, speaks five languages fluently uh, knows every single fact about every single major city in Europe you can imagine has taken tons of tour groups around Germany and France and Scotland, Wales, England, Ireland, you know, Eastern Europe, you name it. So she's studied, you know, she studied history at university, then did languages. She was an interpreter for the UN for a bit. She's a very, very, very intelligent woman um, with great energy and really good attitude towards uh, life. And I think I take a lot of inspiration from her still, like, you know, I was with her last night for dinner because I find her very inspiring how she approaches life with such a positive, uh, you know, positive attitude. She still goes traveling all the time, 
you know, she doesn't have my dad around anymore, so she'll just go traveling on her own because she just is so culturally interested in, in people. Um, yeah. I think that's definitely what I've taken from my mom. I'm very culturally interested in people. I love listening to people's stories. I love asking them to tell me. Uh, you know, it sounds like you are as well, right? I love them telling yeah. me their experience growing up, what shaped them, and getting like a real new perspective on the world that I don't have. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm a firm believer everybody has a great story to tell. Mm -hmm. You just have to listen. Uh, and when you listen, I, I find you learn a lot more than if you just rabbit on to people. Um, and yeah, listening to you just now, it sounds like you had, well, you've got a great mum and had a great dad. So um, that, that shaped you, I guess, into what you are today. So I'm just, you know, guessing that your third business is going to be a travel business. Just, just, you know. Uh -huh. I don't know. I've heard, I've, I've, I mean, I don't know anything about travel businesses, but I've heard that they are absolute nightmares of stress. They are. Um, I, I only say that because I have a wine importing business and um, we occasionally take people uh, to um, see the wine producers. Right. And uh, it, just doing that twice a year with, with 10 people is just mind-bendingly painful um, in terms of the logistics. I just wouldn't want to do that on a f formal basis week in week out or month in month out it would just drive me mental mm. so yeah um yeah if you do go into that business good luck to you on that one um maybe maybe it'll be virtual tours you never know um yeah. but anyway so okay so you, you 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 were in advertising um obviously how how did you well we, we we've skirted around it we've mentioned it you you were the co-founder and ceo with joel of, of yeah. gravel which was yeah. which was a great fashion company um how did you come up with the idea? What was the, um, what was the pain point that you found and uh, what was the journey? Yeah, so the, uh, the pain point, I guess, was you know, mobile was coming out, uh, as you know. Uh, it was growing. It wasn't quite there yet. Mobile experiences around fashion shopping were absolutely awful. Um, I guess being the creative entrepreneurial types that we were, we just thought, you know, it's, it's overcomplicated. We can create a better experience. Tinder had done an amazing job of simplifying quite a complex concept, uh, you know, as searching for love and made it a really fun and addictive experience on mobile. And we thought, well, why couldn't you just approach the same, same way with, uh, with fashion shopping? And so we got nicknamed, you know, the, the Tinder of shopping. Um, as you know, in this journey, it got really exciting. You know, we spent about a year, uh, you know, being very slow we built a website first and it was the wrong thing to do and we learned from yeah. that right i learned that one as well yeah yeah exactly so the right opportunity was to create a mobile proposition and then you know we were interested in mobile web but the reality is like apps gave you so much more scope to do creative things and so we ended up creating our mobile app which then went straight into number one on the app store um it became the number one shopping app in 34 countries it's uh, you know, at its peak, it had over a million monthly active users, and it, um, you know, we were doing 30,000 new users every single week. You know, we were really scaling up, and it was great. However, we had a really thin margin. Um, you know, we were taking about seven to ten percent per transaction. We were just still a good, good level, by the way. Yeah, it's a good level, but I mean, bloody hell, it was hard to negotiate even to that. So, you know, it really felt like the ceiling, so to speak, of where you could get to. And then when you bake in the fact that we were taking uh, customer 
payments. So people were paying for their products through Grabble, which then put us as the merchant on record. Mm -hmm. uh, once we were that, we were then having to sort out their customer service. So the thing that kind of became our undoing was really this commitment to customer service. So we were a beautiful shop window. I think we were arguably the nicest shopping, nicest looking shopping product in the market, full stop, especially in the UK. Um, which then meant people flocked to us and they were telling their friends they were getting a great concierge experience of discovering new fashion, purchasing it in one click using Apple Pay or their card. This is all of those things were coming out at that time. Um, and then this kind of cascading reality of once you purchase that product, someone is actually sending it to you. So let's say that you were buying a product from uh, I don't know, Paul Smith or something, you know, Paul Smith have a very different, uh, you know, delivery policy to Mulberry, who have a very different delivery policy to ASOS or Zara, that they all just completely differ. There's no homogenous experience to really to be giving to a customer. Um, the thing that I was always amazed by is how many customers would claim that the, you know, the delivery got lost, never turned wow. up. Wow, okay. So we're on record for all of that. You know, that's all of our, our problem. We're on the hook. Every single time a customer wants to know where that package is, we have to find out from the retailer where they're getting the information, like, you know, like whether they can track that for the customer. Uh, we try to like integrate with some tracking systems. Some of them would let us, some of them wouldn't. So in the end... That's a complex model. Exactly. In the end, most of our team is pretty much just ending up being customer service, dealing with the same things all the time, which frankly weren't actually solvable, right? Because they're all at the behest of someone else's... Um, yeah, all of the best is someone else actually giving us the information. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, uh, obviously, you know, I have some knowledge of what you yeah. went through. Yeah. Because um, I had similar challenges. Um, but I didn't go down the road that you went down. We went down slightly different roads. I, I was passing leads across. You were taking the, the cash up front. That was the model I was going to go down. Yeah. Uh, but we ran well, out of money. It's a better model in terms of people uh, sticking around. It's a better model in terms of customer satisfaction. Yeah. It's a terrible is. business model. Yeah, because um, by, by the very nature, I would have thought also returns must have been, how did you deal with that whole process? I mean, that must have in itself been yep. time consuming. Yep, not, not pleasant, really complicated. Yeah. And this yeah. was literally our downfall. So, you know, we ended up, um, not being able to, to scale that business for exactly these reasons. They were insurmountable problems that, in theory, uh, we were told, you know, we would overcome with scale. The reality is the scale was actually the biggest problem, and we yeah. should have figured those things out when we were much smaller that would have enabled us to scale. So, you know, there's a lesson learned there about margin. There's also a lesson learned there about... Um, taking the responsibility to figure out for yourself what you can and can't solve rather than listening to investors that are trying to be smart, but ultimately might not be as smart as they guess they are. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we had to pivot because of investors telling us that we had to focus on revenue faster than we wanted to. Yeah. Um, we just didn't get the runway to build what we wanted. We, you know, we built a real time price tracker, but we couldn't actually make it um, into a revenue generator as quick. Right. Now, when did you and Joel make that decision though? I mean, fundamentally as entrepreneurs making that decision one morning, you must've woken up and gone, okay, we're going to have to stop. How, how did that come about? Yes. Challenging. Uh, so realistically, um, it all sort of just became a foregone conclusion in many ways. 
you know, it, 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 was, it was relatively obvious to us that we couldn't sustain the cost, right? It becomes, sadly, this reality that isn't so um, hidden. You're just not talking about it. Um, you know, the margin isn't scaling. The people are increasingly frustrated about the fact that we can't solve for the problem. And in the end, we just ended up going back to our investors and just explaining, you know, we're kind of in this situation. We don't see any way out of it. And we, we asked for help, a lot of help. And no one was actually able to give us the answer, right? And including ourselves. So we had very smart advisors and people coming into the business to try and help. But when they couldn't, it was like, well, it feels like no one is really able to. Hello, you're listening to uh, Sam Talks Technology. I'm here with uh, a wonderful entrepreneur called Dan Murray Serta. We were just talking about Grabble, um, a company that Dan and his co-founder Joel had formed uh, first. Is there? It's, would that be your first entrepreneurial company, Dan? It's not actually, but it's the first that we raised money for and scaled. Okay. So I'd, I'd, I'd created uh, businesses before, but they were more like one-man bands. Um, which, frankly, I did perfectly well out of because they were profitable and uh, one before Gravel, you know, enabled me to purchase my, my flat with a mortgage. Um, it wasn't that, wasn't that great. I was going to say, wow, that's, a, that's, uh, that's not just a small startup. Maybe. No, indeed. But, you know, so I'd, I'd, I'd been tinkering for sure, but no, Gravel was the first proper one. Okay, cool. So um, let's, let's move on from Gravel. Um, mm-hmm. You know, entrepreneurs uh, in this country get a, a, a worse rap than they do in America. You know, um, failure is not seen as a bad thing. It seems a good thing in America because you've learned a lesson and moved on. Uh, sometimes here you get a stigma. Hopefully, you know, there isn't one. Clearly there isn't one because you've moved on to a new startup. Um, but what, what one lesson would you take away from Grabble before uh, we move on from it? What, what would your hindsight moment be? You know, if you could change something, do something different. Um, so if I could do something different to avoid uh, failing with gravel. Yeah. Mm, I think, you know, ultimately, there's a lot of different people with different perspectives um, on the difference between success and failure. I guess with gravel, I'm inclined to believe it was a strategy choice. So ultimately, the strategy of um, how we approached things, so that technological um, innovation of being the shop window without having to take on stock and having the control and the way that that sort of cascaded down to create a negative effect for us um, you know with customer service and essentially imploding that is fundamentally really clearly where our business went really wrong so it's really easy to point at that strategy and say it was the wrong one all that being said um, if I'm totally honest I got Loads of value out of my experience with Gravel. I really enjoyed it. We won lots of awards. We had amazing moments. I have lifelong friends, you know, that were my team members, you know, that I chat to all the time still. I don't really regret anything particularly. And even in terms of picking the wrong strategy, I feel like as a human being, the things that motivate me, I really like uh, impacting people's lives in a positive way. And therefore, I feel that Heights is so much more my kind of company uh, than Gravel, where I, n- I was never able to emotionally get on board with Gravel. That's the truth. Yeah. Um, and I think that that, you know, ultimately, I'd be lying to myself if I didn't say that that probably cascaded to, 
making some bad choices. And maybe they were, maybe they were self-sabotage choices. I'm not saying they consciously were, but potentially the fact that I wasn't, you know, emotionally completely bought into the thing I was doing probably doesn't help you sit around and figure out what the most strategic best decisions are. Yeah, it becomes more of a business than it becomes more of a lifestyle choice. Exactly, exactly. Cool. Uh, okay, grab grabble. I mean, in between heights, you've you've done some great things. Uh, two that I know of that I can talk about or at least mention. Uh, you you did founders uh, and you've got your leaders podcast. Which came yeah. first? Uh, so founders is a a community essentially that I've been running for five years with my friend Rob, and um, really that is just a uh, you know this has now grown and become a it's a thing. I'm I'm now the president i sit on the board i do nothing what a lovely title i know it's cool isn't it uh we have a joke that we're mr and mrs president me and rob um, <laughs> and we just argue over who's who sure he's not the first lady i mean yeah exactly on. i should just call him that very good uh so you know that's that's a community it's a non-profit it's literally just designed to help um founders uh breaking new ground without breaking themselves is essentially the the, the purpose behind it um we set up really for um, the mental health support side of entrepreneurship. So we were really bored of going to conferences and events and all that kind of stuff and just always having to talk about killing it and doing really well. And especially in the gravel heyday, everyone's just expecting you to constantly talk about all the amazing stuff. And the reality is like, I'd rather talk to someone, be honest and say, you know, I'm actually struggling. Um, I don't know how to scale. I've got these problems. I feel really insecure. I won this award, it means nothing to me. And actually I feel really embarrassed accepting it because everything's going wrong. You know, that's, that's really who I am. That's the kind of person that I am. That's the truth of what's often going on behind closed doors. But I think that's the truth for a lot of us. I mean, Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people, um, you know, that horrible phrase, fake it until you make it, or, you know, the facade of all of our, fake, what I call fake book, you know, everyone's got this wonderful life on fake book, you know, nobody's got problems, nobody's struggling, everyone's having great holidays or parties. Um, yeah, and I think uh, a group where there's a trusted environment where everyone else has gone through a similar experience must be quite uh, empowering, really. But. I mean, that's exactly it for me, right? So I am very pleased to say that that uh, community has added a lot of value to a lot of people's lives. It's a completely private community. So it's a, um, it, it, it is in every single sense, um, you know, very clandestine almost. There's pretty much no website for it. There's no social media. No one knows about it unless you're in it. And the process of getting in is, someone from within the community who specifically can't be me or Rob, so there's no uh, bias or anything, um, has to basically recommend you and then you're invited to come to one of our dinners and that's sort of how you get in. So it's grown to a few hundred uh, members now. And we do all sorts of events throughout the year uh, and we have really meaningful, uh, you know, really meaningful people come talk to us. So a really good example is, um, you know, Alain de Botton, you know, he came and did a talk for us on anxiety and entrepreneurship, like a private talk for a hundred of us. And, you know, he usually charges a lot of money for that stuff. But ultimately, this is, you know, th these are his people. He understands this, right? This, he's one of yeah. the sufferers. So we usually get really like incredible world leading, leading speakers to participate with us for free because we don't charge anyone money. There is no membership fee. You can't buy your way into founders. The only way you can get into founders 
is genuinely to be a really good person, a really good entrepreneur, helping other people and paying it forward. And usually if you're doing that, someone within the community knows that you just fit the ethos and we'll get, get you invited. So nice. that's that side. It is really only operational in London, in fairness. So, you know, it's not uh, some world domination plan. It's just something that we felt we needed and it sort of scaled now. So different people on the board arranging things, um, you know, uh, to, to make it scale. And then Secret Leaders, uh, which I guess is my surprise smash hit, which I'm delighted about, is a podcast I started three and a half years ago. Um, recently just overtook Tim Ferriss to be the number one business podcast in the UK. Well done. So that, I have a long way to go to catch you up then. Yeah, so that, that has been um, my... Like, I'm so completely proud of that. Uh, and I think, you know, this is one of those things as well, you know, I, I beat myself up a lot, you know, for not accomplishing X, Y, and Z. And sometimes if you do accomplish one of your dreams, you know, I write a manifestation book, uh, you know, of the things I'd like to accomplish in my life. And one of them was literally that. I'll overtake Tim Ferriss and become the number one business podcast in the UK. You know, now I can set myself a different target. But having accomplished something I set my mind to is a really great example of why actually focusing on um, manifesting ideas is a meaningful thing to do. Yeah. And again, I guess, how does this fit in with what you're doing with Heights? Will you start a podcast for Heights or? So, uh, actually the answer originally was yes. Then it was no, because I think it takes a lot of work to make a good podcast and everything else. However, um, Seeing as you mention it, and it's today, um, the reason we had to move like our thing as well is I had to move an investment meeting as well because there is a uh, world-leading neuroscientist in town that I went out for dinner with on Monday. He's only here for the week he leaves on Friday. And he wrote this book that is just phenomenal. And I, I read it and it's one of the books people tell you to read if you're ever interested in the brain called Into the Magic Shop. And his name is James Doty and he has an incredible career uh, of rags to riches, up and down, losing it all, redemption. And then now he runs, um, he's like the head of neurosurgery at uh, Stanford University, and he runs the Center of Human Compassion, um, which is a new scientific field that he's essentially creating and trying to prove the scientific evidence of how compassion um, can create better brain health and positive energy. Um, he got introduced to me podcast-wise and was really interested and really wants to do a podcast but as obviously explaining, it doesn't quite work for Secret Leaders because it's an entrepreneurship podcast, full stop, as in it's a business and entrepreneurship podcast on the journeys, you know, like this series, we've got the founder of Slack and Deliveroo and uh, Grenade and Huel and Just Giving and, you know, like, you know Joe Malone, so awesome. Uh, you know, got Shazam out today. You know, really great entrepreneurial journeys. It uh, doesn't quite fit for this. And so we sort of sat there at the pub a couple of nights ago talking about what it could be and how we could do it. And funnily enough, now, as a result of that, he's coming in tonight, and we're going to record a podcast together on, on the brain, um, focusing on compassion for this one. But it's actually, it's funny, because, you know, as you'd imagine, I don't have much to do anyway. So I had loads <laughs> of time to suddenly try and come up with a last minute podcast series idea and then write an interview. So um, there will be a podcast of sorts on the horizon um, for heights, I think the way that I'd like to do it is make it a maybe a one-off series, though, like a one-off series on helping deconstruct the brain and make it simple with different emotional states. 
to understand um, behind how the emotional states happen in your brain and why it's important to know about them. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it's your decision. Uh, I could see it being more than one serious person because I of think course. there'll be um, that the, 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 the <laughs> very it's nature of, of learning. Yeah, we're learning a lot more about the brain, the body, uh, and the, the way we should be, you know, going forward. Um, and I can imagine if you're at the bleeding edge or the cutting edge of it, then a podcast would be a great way to assimilate new content. But that's, that's, you know, obviously your decision and it's your time, I guess. Um, okay, so secret founders, uh, sorry, secret leaders and founders, great there. Now, I can imagine you and Joel must have been then itching. There, was, there must be on the cutting floor of entrepreneurial ideas, um, things that you and Joel must have gone, ah, that's the next thing we do. Uh, and then gone, nah, that's not going to work. Any, any, any ones that anyone else could pick up, you know, and run with that you've well, discarded? Well, not, as... not necessarily that anyone could run with, but like the one that we were really interested in, if we weren't doing heights, what we wanted to do was um, environmentally friendly, uh, direct-to-consumer subscription household products. So soaps, toilet cleaner, you know, uh, like all those. I all can't those... see you doing that one. Well, this is the thing. Like, I, I, because of the um, interest in, I, I basically I've got two key interests, right? One is uh, the brain and how people feel, and then the other one is the environment. And right. so, because um, you know that was kind of the the area I was going into, I was I was just looking into what kind of products could be innovated in the environmental space that would make an impact, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in the end, the reason we didn't pick that, other than I found the brain stuff more interesting broadly, is it's actually very, very hard um, with cleaning products and stuff. We did do some initial research into it, as in we, we did some proper market research because we were considering doing it. Um, it turns out that the cleaners are the customers in that, not the household buyers often. Right. So it was actually, and, and they don't like um, environmentally friendly products, basically, don't have bleach in them, and so they don't work as well. And so it turns out, and I spoke to so many people about this, but like their cleaners will not basically choose to use something that doesn't have bleach because they don't clean as well. And then they have to work twice as hard to get all the stuff off. So great. Yeah. We were like, Oh, it's fascinating. Right. So we're like, well, had no idea about that. But then we were like, also this just doesn't sound like the kind of thing we want to spend all of our lives on. No, so like I, I said, I don't think it's anything anyone will necessarily want to take off me, but I think there's a big opportunity to be made there if you can figure it out. I think, I think there is. I mean, one of my favorite brands is Who Gives a Crap. I don't know if you've heard of it. Which one? Who Gives a Crap. Oh, it's, yeah. I've seen, I've seen their um, toilet paper in the UK. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, it's, it's a DMVB. I yeah. subscribe to it. Yeah. We get yeah. it. I feel better about it on the basis that it's, by, uh, it's um, biodegradable and it's, it's ethically made or it's sustainable and all those good things. So small changes uh we've done a few other minor ones in the house uh, i would love i guess to be able to find more products that were ethically or sustainably and eco-friendly um it's just very hard to find i mean i've got earbuds that are have no plastic um and i've got other products but you know we're, we're really scratching the surface of the multitude of other products that sit within my kitchen or house yeah totally and you know the plastic stuff can be a bit of a myth sometimes as well you know not all plastic is evil not all plastic is created equal we would do a lot of work with b corp b corporation um which is like the most environmentally friendly standard you can get because that's what we're working within those frameworks 
um, you know, uh, we end up having our bottle made in plastic, not glass, because when you actually measure the carbon footprint of the journey, um, the weight of the glass, the regularly assumed amount of breakage, etc., it was worse for the environment to use glass than it was to use this type of plastic that we've used. But right. to your layman customer, um, they won't know that. They'll just be like, well, why, 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 why have you used plastic? And you'd be like, well, show me a single supplement or pharmaceutical product that you've got currently that isn't in plastic. I mean, there's a reason as well, which is that, you know, actually, you know, something you're going to put in your body, it has to go through food and safe, food safety standards. Exactly. Plastic yeah. is a very brilliant um, substance and it does enable you to pass those tests that others would not. And so, you know, everything is not as black and white in this world. And, you know, the, the move away from plastic is incredibly positive, but it has to be spoken about on the basis that there's a huge difference between single use plastic, AKA a plastic water bottle, a plastic bag, to a plastic bottle that's been designed for a month worth, worth of purchase. Now, those are two very different considerations in terms of the footprint that they create in the world anyway. Yes. Okay, well, look, um, last few questions. Um, heights, I mean, obviously you mentioned that you're going for, for new more new funding. We all, I often say that um, there has to be or should be a role within all startups called chief funding officer, mm, somebody hell. who's role is to singularly do the pitches uh phone all the vcs um and make the meetings and then roll in the ceo in the back of it but anyway that's just me i, I think there is a role for somebody um you 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 as you said at the beginning you, you you actually enjoy the the process so maybe maybe you are the chief funding officer and ceo um that's normally the role anyway um once you raise more money and i assume you will um what is the thing that keeps you awake at night N given that the fact that you're now sleeping better with your smart vitamins, yeah. um, what does keep you awake at night? What, what's the next big challenge for you guys? And it's not obviously the funding, cause I'm sure you'll get that. So what, what else worries you? Um, yeah, that's a great question. So I think what worries me is uh, probably customer satisfaction. Uh, retention is like the biggest thing to solve. So how do you create really happy customers on an ongoing basis? I think that's really important i think that there's a huge education piece it's fascinating so you know most people will walk into holland and barrett and boots and buy all the stuff there buy into it and like leave them alone and not bother them whereas they'll buy uh, something that's actually of higher quality i'm assuming anyway but of higher quality um from us you know with cleaner ingredients and a better supply chain and better the environment and everything else and then quiz the hell out of us on how soon is it going to work? Why isn't it working? What's it going to do? And you're like, but you literally don't ask that ever whenever you buy anything else. So how come people just want to know that when it's us and a startup? And I think that is just the reality of being, being a new brand in the market, doing something different. Um, you know, you have to be very careful with what you say. Like as a, when you sell supplements, you can't even make health claims. You know, I had someone come on the website the other day and ask me all these questions. And I answered them and I shared all the information. They're like, well, why don't you just say that then? I'm like, because legally, you can't make any claims on a website that sells supplements. So no, nowhere where you buy supplements can it say things like, um, will make you feel X, Y, Z, will make you feel sharper, will make you feel better. Like you can't say any of that. And it doesn't say that on any supplement website that you've ever seen. Little did you know. Instead, the way that the industry works is the supplement, the vitamins themselves get marketing and they get funding. So vitamin C, vitamin D, they will have funding to explain the benefits of those vitamins. 
um, the websites that sell the supplements, all they can say, the sexiest thing you can say is contributes to normal. Right. So this is a very different world of communication and marketing. And it is literally illegal for us to do and say any more than that to customers, which is quite difficult, as you would imagine, because people want you to say, you're going to feel 10x better, you know, as soon as you start taking this. Legally, we're not allowed to. So I guess that goes back to the question we talked about. Sorry? I was going to say that goes back to the question we talked about earlier, though, which is, you know, you've got the brain quiz and you've got the, the score. Um, how do you tangibly measure it? So I guess what they're saying is, you, unless you can tangibly measure that you're going to be 10x better, how can you state that as in your marketing? It, it's, it, I guess it's, it's quite a hard thing to tangibly measure an improvement in the body because it's such a evil... It's not a um, quantum jump. You don't wake, as you said, you don't wake up the next morning having taken anything uh, and go, wow, my brain's faster or quicker or I feel so much smarter um, yeah. or whatever the measurement you want. Uh, it's, it's a period of time that you, you, like any muscle, it takes time to evolve. And, and so you don't see that quantum change. I guess that's what they're trying to stop you doing or others, not you, but others giving out false information that, that can't be measured or tangible. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, the reality is you probably will start feeling better. Um, that is, that is, that has actually been the case for most of our customers. And uh, you know, and actually just trying to service customer reviews is a really practical way um, of trying to do that. You know, because that's not us making a claim as a business; that's a customer making a claim as a human being. Um, right. That is the way that you can totally get around these things. But you know, your question was around you know what keeps me up at light at night, and I think it's yeah. you know it's about um, you know, navigating the legality between what I want to say, what I can say, and, you know, never over-promising and under-delivering, right? I want people to, um, you know, buy into the concept, ultimately, that a healthier brain will lead to a happier life, and that by putting your brain first, um, you are more likely to feel better on a daily basis and also think clearer and therefore achieve more, which is going to have a cascading positive effect on your whole entire lifestyle. The reality is it isn't gonna happen, you know, pop a pill on Monday and everything happens on Tuesday. That's just, that's not the reality. So, you know, my greatest challenge and the thing that keeps me up at night is figuring out a way to clearly communicate that with people that, that lands and excites them. Exactly, so again, it will be the, the marketing element, the, the awareness element, and then the education element, I guess, all of those Correct. things. Correct. Um, you, you mentioned it, so I just thought I'd ask. Um, would you ever go to an offline uh, model? You're a DMVB purely online, so um, would you go to an it offline really depends. model? It really depends on the product. So not for our launch product, because the Smart Multivitamin is a, a really meaningful product to be getting the data, because part of getting the data from a customer, the email address means that we can share the content from different contributors, and that is an essential part of the product. It is a membership, ultimately, and it gives you the access to content that is part of your journey but there are other products that are much better suited like in our product line that would be able to sell in retail that don't necessarily need you taking the baseline product so we've got a product for example that we're um, in early development with that we would um, only sell to you if you take the baseline product already because from a responsible point of view um, you know it's like I said to you earlier about the creatine and, pr and protein right it's like well unless I believe that you're already getting the nutrients you need for your brain and don't feel like it's responsible for us to sell this other product to you. So 
there are products that we would only sell to you if you were already a subscriber of the Smart Multivitamin. But there are also products that are totally fine. They're like more one-off, right? They don't you need them all the time. So, you know, a product related to um, helping with anxiety or stress is a really good example. That's not something that you should take as a subscription basis and have all the time. That's something that you should take if you're having that problem at that time. And so you wouldn't need to have all the other bells and whistles with it. You just need something that solves the problem for that occasion. Brilliant. Look, Dan, it's been a fascinating conversation talking to you. Height sounds brilliant. I can't wait to be a subscriber. Um, I, I'm going to work hard to get my brain score up. I'm going to try again in another month and see if I've got it. But after Christmas, that may not be the best time to do it. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll try and, uh, try and encourage some good, good behaviours before Christmas. <laughs> now, um, just before we close out, um, where can people find what's the website address? Yeah. And if you can remind them how they could of get course. their uh, offer that you kindly have given for people to try uh, to get the Smart Vitamin. Yep, of course. Thank you. So it is uh, www.yourheights.com and uh, we're at Your Heights on Instagram. And the code you would need to use is Marlow, which I set up as long as I've spelt Marlow correctly, but I'm pretty sure I have. <laughs> M-A-R-L-O-W. <laughs> yep. And uh, you put that onto the buy button. So in the shop section, you put, put that on your buy button. And then again at the checkout, just to make sure and you'll get a 25% discount um, on the product from that. Brilliant. Dan Murray Slater, uh, fascinating talking to you. Um, I think you're going to be highly successful. I mean, Grabble was a great product. Um, we obviously used to talk about the challenges. Mm. Uh, this product though, sounds like it's right up your street, um, very close to your heart. And uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Sam. Lovely chatting to you, mate. And you. Take care. Bye. Thank you, Sam. That show was amazing. To listen again, please visit our website, marlofm.co.uk, or visit our Facebook group, Sam Talks Technology. And now you can subscribe on iTunes. Never miss a show again. See you next week. Same time, same place.